Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hello everyone and welcome to Red Kite, the show by young people for, for, for young people that is every two weeks. I'm Saren and I'm here here with Sam. How are you? I'm good, Saren. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Do you know what we've got in the show this week? We I do. Uh, we have interviews with Verity Watts and Melinda Kalashi. We have a discussion about Perfect Planet. We have mu- a musician conversation with Stanley and mine. Now, we're also joined here with Ellie. Ellie, Ellie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. That's great. How's your week been? It's been good, yeah. Yeah? Have you have you done anything nice this week? You know, uh, yeah. as nice as you can? Yeah, so I've been watching Perfect Planet and hopefully we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, that's great. So, Ren, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been really good, thanks. I've had lots of schoolwork to do, but I've got it done. Oh, yeah, Sam. I mean... How are you adjusting to uh, remote learning? It's a bit weird, but I'll get there in the end. You know, what by the time you? you by the time you're gonna get there, we'll be back in the schools. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, my my workload is mental at the moment. Like college is never getting easier, especially at home. But you know, it's good to be on the radio. You know, it's a nice escape from from schoolwork, and it allows you to talk to new people like you two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, I I had a great interview on uh, on Wednesday with Melindy. Uh, what have you two done in uh, your groups this week? So, we've been talking to somebody called Verity Watts, and we're going to hear that later. It's all about how how she's explored different careers and, and got into broadcasting and different types of radio. What did you enjoy the most about the interview? Did you find it, like, really interesting? Uh, yes, I did, because it was my first one and it was something that I've never done before and I, I found that it helped me to do things like that in the future. Was it? Were you nervous doing it? Yeah, I think I was, but Verity was really nice and and helped us understand understand her, her life and her story. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, my interview on Wednesday with Melindy allowed me to... Uh, look into how life as a dancer is like because uh, Melindy's a dancer for Northern Ballet we'll hear about that more later but he was really like personable and really nice to talk to yeah because we heard, we heard some kind of inside stories of um, of her life and and how that might inspire us in the future that's definitely right and I think we're going to be hearing this interview of Verity like right now so Ellie why don't you intro it oh so this is a interview with Verity Watts enjoy Hi everyone, I'm Sarah and I'm with Ellie, George, Gil and and we're interviewing Verity Watts today. Hi, how are you feeling? I'm fine, thanks, Erin. How are you? I'm great, thanks. So you you founded a company called Better Songs. So what exactly is it? 
Well, Better Songs is is a production company, um, and it's the company that I formed when I thought actually all of this kind of experience I've had making radio programs and putting stories together and journalism and all of those things could come together, and I. I could create my own little company rather than working for somebody else. So I, I kind of did that and I liked the name. Um, I don't know if you've done any research on this, but it came from a film called Educating Rita, which is quite an old film, but still a good one that I'd recommend you all to watch. Well, that, that, that was a, sounds like a great website and uh, company. What? Because um, I saw that um, on the About page, on, the, on, that, on that website, that um, you did... Uh, postgraduate training in broadcast journalism and I just wanted, wanted to know what got you interested in, in, in that course also has that interest um, in broadcasting been there since childhood? Well not really I would say George Um I think like a lot of people I didn't really think that broadcast journalism or being on the radio was something that was available to me or a job that I could do I didn't really have that in my head you know I think some people maybe from you know, different backgrounds and stuff, maybe sort of think, oh, yeah, I could be anything I want. But I didn't really think like that. I felt very limited, perhaps, by what I could be or what I could end up doing. Um, And it took me a bit of a while to get to uni. And once I got to uni, I sort of didn't really know what I was going to do at the end of it. And I was a little bit kind of... I don't know, my mind was a bit closed. Um, so I, was, I remember this very particular bus journey I was on with my boyfriend at the time. It was in Leeds. Um, and... Um, I said, I just don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I've got to this point and I just felt a bit like giving up. And he said, well, if you could do anything in the world, like anything, I went, he said, what would you do? And I said, do you know what I'd really like to do is like, you know, that music on Match of the Day, I'd love to like edit all the songs together and put it together into a little montage and it'd be like a really cool thing. And he said, so you want to do kind of audio editing and radio? And I said, well, yeah, but, you know, I can't do stuff like that, so I can't. And he said, well, why can't you? I said, well, I don't know how to. And he said, well, go and find out then, which is probably the best piece of advice I've ever had in my life. And it led me to go to the whatever it was, the careers office. And someone said, well, if you want to get into radio, you have to do this thing called a postgraduate diploma in broadcast journalism. I'd never even heard of that. I didn't even know what it was. So then they told me and I found out that, you know, you can do this course for a year and you can get a what they call a special loan for it. Um, and it's a great way of really giving you some practical ch- training, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to do more essays and, you know, that sort of stuff. It was really practical and it often gave you a placement at a radio station. And that meant that you could kind of get to know everyone at the radio station, hopefully get a bit more work out of it. And that's exactly what happened. I managed to get a place in Preston um, and do my training. And I learned about media law and all sorts of things that you really kind of it's good to know when you're becoming a journalist. And I also got a lot of practical experience editing and learning how to put a story together and learning what's interesting and what works in audio and radio. And then I got my placement at BBC Radio Leeds and worked really hard, made a lot of cake for people. That's my top tip, make cake for people if you want to get a placement or get some work out of them. Um, and yeah, then I managed eventually after a quite a, a number of years, I got a staff job at the BBC, but um. I certainly didn't think it was a path open to me and it was something that it really took someone who kind of believed in me or saw potential in me that I didn't see in myself and that was a really big turning point for me. You see now, being a bit older now, I look at life and I look at all of you and I look at all of the world and I think we can all achieve things. We've all got different abilities and skills but we can all achieve the things that we want but I think the difference sometimes is whether you believe you can or not. 
and whether people tell you that you can or not. You know, we we all have those situations where someone might be an adult, a teacher, it might be a friend, just say, oh, you can't do that. Or, or just say that, you know, you'd be good at this job. And you think, oh, well, maybe that's what I'm good at. Maybe I should be a, I don't know, a nanny or a teacher, all those sorts of things. And they're perfectly, you know, fine jobs. But I think I just didn't even think that those were paths paths that were open to me um and I suppose I'm quite passionate now about saying to anybody who has dreams you know and and wants to think big that's that's not closed to you the only thing that's closing off to you is your mind and being able to imagine it happening um and, and it's just that thing of taking baby steps and thinking well if I did want that to happen what would I need to do now what would I need to do tomorrow and in my case, it was it was going to the library and, and asking someone about how you get a, a job in radio. It was just one little step. And that opened up all of this possibility and opportunity for me. So it, it was me that was limiting myself and not believing that I had the potential to achieve things. And that's that's probably the most important lesson was believing a little bit more that things are open to me that I didn't think were. So before you mentioned that you began working for the BBC, so what was it like being a woman within the BBC? Oh, I like that question. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And I think even though, you know, I, I, I didn't, wasn't, it wasn't 100 years ago, but things were, were very different. And there were, certainly I felt there were challenges to sometimes being taken seriously. I remember having arguments. I wanted to go out and cover the Bradford riots and someone who was newer but male got sent instead because it was considered a, a better bet. And I was really, really cross about that. Um, I, I really wanted to read a news bulletin and um, I was told that my voice wasn't quite right and lots of kind of things that I took really, really personally and really struggled with. And I remember I remember crying in the toilets because you know what we're like. Sometimes we do tend to be quite emotional and respond that way. And it was crying with anger, but it was still crying. And um, I had an editor who came in the toilets and said, you, you must never cry at work and all of this. And it was it was quite a difficult time um, in lots of ways. But I, and I had to kind of battle, I felt, to prove myself and be taken seriously a lot of the time um and I, I think also being younger that was quite um it's quite a big battle anyway when you're younger because you feel like people don't say you might find this as well people don't take you seriously when you're younger do they um so that was a yeah a really good question um and also now as a producer rather than something like a presenter or a sort of what we call a forward-facing role in radio um people don't they assume you're not very good at technical things if you're a woman they think that you might not be as good at editing or that kind of side of things or being able to operate equipment and things like that still to this day people kind of are more surprised if you're a technical person or want to be more behind the scenes in the production side so that's quite noticeable um and I think the final thing really is, is in journalism still you get people might assume that you don't know as much on certain topics or that you couldn't possibly be a, a expert or knowledgeable about areas that they might know more because you're just a woman um but I tend to like the element of surprise with things like that I and mean, take people uh, by oh I didn't know you knew about that and um yes often hopefully leave them kind of impressed that I do and maybe with a different idea about women at the end of those interviews or the end of that editing process so um yes I think it's still a relevant question and it's something that certainly was an issue I think through my career um, and it's something that hopefully you'll be able to challenge as much as I did at those times. 
Yeah, so um, you obviously founded two companies, Better Songs and Bar MU. So what actually goes into being the founder of a company? Because I, well, the truth of it, Seren, really, is I don't really like the idea of having a boss. <laughs> I don't, don't really respond well to being told what to do all the time. And I certainly don't really like the idea of kind of having a job that just creates profit and purpose for other people. I'm not really interested in money, but what I do really enjoy is that fulfillment of doing something you really care about and feeling like you maybe you're not changing the world in a big way, like you were president of America or anything, but you're making a difference. You're making an impact. You're having something that you can really see change or, or respond in a different way. And I feel the more control you have over the path that you choose, the more life gives you and the more you're able to create opportunities and the more you're able to um, respond to those opportunities. So, um, and also I, I kind of, have, I'm very, very hung up on being free and I like feeling free and um, I can decide how I want to structure the way I work or the business that I do or the things that I make or the products that I want to sell. And I love that freedom. Um, that's the thing that I care about the most. Um, and I can give that to the people who work with me as well um, and create an environment that means that they have a job that they really enjoy. Um, and I really like being able to give that as well. So, yeah, I think freedom's probably the biggest answer to that question. On that note, what's it like to, like, um, like not have someone telling you what to do? Like, you can be free with choices and like you can hire who you want when it's good it's really really good I mean the flip side is there's a lot of responsibility with that and you have to carry that responsibility and if you make a wrong decision or things just go wrong you have to carry that and figure that out and make that work and um, protect other people from the impact of that so that that can be a really difficult side of it um but I really think I say I've got a, a little boy who's 10, so he's not quite old enough for that foundation yet, I don't think. But, um, you know, it always he's at primary school and they 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 talk about what job he's going to have. And I always correct. I said, Vinny, yes, you can have a job, but you can also have your own business. You don't have to have a job. And he's like, what do you mean you don't have to have a job? You know, and is it actually remember everybody and all of you have this option open to you. All it is a decision to be somebody a master of your own destiny or boss of your own business it doesn't have to be a big business but you can be in charge of your life and you don't have to work for somebody else and that's just a decision and yeah so I think there's some really great benefits to it and it definitely outweighs the, the negative side but you have to be prepared for the negative side and you have to be able to take responsibility for it and um, often that can be it can be quite lonely sometimes because you have to carry those decisions on your own and you you can't you can't go to your workmate because your workmate is your employee and you're trying to protect them from a lot of things so sometimes that is difficult definitely but overall it's for me the best way to go. Yes, yeah, so I also wanted to ask about because I also I looked on your website and I saw the Leeds jazz thing, and I wanted to know what made what made you want to create the the podcast series first. 
and uh, and what does that what does that mean to you? It's really really interesting. There's a new jazz scene that you might be interested in that's is cropping up around Leeds, and this theme of freedom kind kind of comes up to me with jazz. You know, a lot of people think jazz is just a bit of noise or a drum kit being thrown down the stairs and stuff like that, and a bit all a bit out there. But what I like about it is it's really free. You know, it's not like manufactured pop music where um, you know you're sort of told what to play or someone writes a song for you and you just record it and there's lots of control over it like jazz players are kind of they, they push the boundaries they go out there they do things that you're like that shouldn't work but it sounds amazing and I'd never have thought of doing that and you know maybe rap's a bit like that maybe that's why you like rap George as well that you know it's a bit freeform and people can express themselves really sort of directly and really honestly and I I think those same reasons is why I like jazz music and it's also it's quite not well that well known outside of jazz that that Leeds is, has a really magical special relationship with jazz and there's been so many wonderful artists and gigs and stuff going on throughout kind of the last 50 60 years um and I really wanted to tell that story um and be able to share that with people and also you know as you go back to the 1950s a lot of these people are now dying and their their stories haven't been recorded so I really wanted to capture that on audio and, and, and tell that story um, before it was too late in lots of ways. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed making that series. And, um, yeah, do keep an eye out for it and have a little an eye out, maybe an ear out for it and have a little listen if you can. Uh, where do you think you'd be if you weren't, like, doing interviewing or radio or audio editing? I'm, I'm not sure. I think we're all in different places at different points in our lives. But I will say this. It's very easy to kind of come on here and tell you all the great things, isn't it? And say, oh, this wonderful thing. And I'm put- I have made some serious bad, mis- you know, bad mistakes, bad turns, bad choices. Oh, I c- you know, I could do a whole nother half an hour on that. And, you know, it's, it, it's entirely possible if I wasn't doing these things, I might not be really feeling like myself I might feel a little bit lost and there's been moments in my life where I've really tried to be someone else and it's not worked out that well for me I had a period where um about 15 years ago my mum died from cancer and it obviously was a really big deal and um I don't think I really realized the impact till afterwards you know quite a long time a few years afterwards but I think I then wanted to suddenly not be me anymore and I kind of created this whole world where, I, you know, the people I was going out with and the, the world that I created was this sort of world of somebody else. And, you know, a few years down the line, I just looked at him and I'm really deeply unhappy. I, you know, everybody thinks I'm marvellous and I'm doing all these things and it's great, but it just wasn't me at all. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's following your heart and understanding what your your soul, if you like, is really calling you to do. So if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be doing something else and I'd hope that it was something that really resonated with me and was really reflective of who I am in my heart. What advice would you give to people who want to get into broadcasting, like especially young people? I think going really back to what we discussed at the start, which is don't ever think that you're not as good as the next person. Don't ever think that there's something different about you that means you can't be that person that you see that you want to be or you do not think that that other person has more opportunities given to them than you because very often that isn't the case the only difference between you being the broadcaster that you want to be and the other person being it is you believing that that it's yours and that combined with okay I want to be this don't don't think about wanting to be something five years down the line or 
two years down the line or even next month. If you want to be something, ask yourself, what can I do today to be one tiny, tiny, minuscule step closer to to being that? And then get up the next morning and go, I did that yesterday. And what can I do today to make myself a tiny inch a bit closer to the thing that I want to be? So you're always doing something and you'll be amazed how that starts to open up a little world of opportunities because you're doing something. You're not thinking about being something in the dim and distant future. You're actually doing something. It might not go on the path that you think it's going to path. It might take you in a really weird direction. You're like, whoa, that's happened to me all the time. But go with it and be focused on it and believe that it's available to you. And I think very often you'll be surprised about how things unfold for you. was Jose Feliciano with a uh, a piece by Corinne Bailey Ray uh, who features in Verity Watts's jazz series of podcasts which you really must uh, tune into go to Better Songs website Verity's website there and you'll see it all I think there are three or four episodes already to listen to so um why in the studio in the virtual studio because of course we're still broadcasting from our homes and flats wherever we are in Leeds we're not in our lovely chapel fm sadly yet but i have johan ellie saren george and sam we're going to be talking about david attenborough's new series um perfect planet now i've not seen this and i'd really like to hear about it so first of all george um Tell us a bit about what Perfect Planet is and what it's about. Uh, yes, so I recently watched this um, this week and it was really interesting. It's uh, it's like a nature documentary by David Attenborough and uh, it, it really focuses on the human impacts um, on the world and, uh, uh, and it, it also shows like what we could miss um, if we keep on going the way we go with more like carbon dioxide in the air and it really puts in perspective how we affect our world and how we need to change. 
Mm. And Johan, you're obviously, you're, you're not obviously, but I know that you're very passionate about climate change and about the need to, to uh, well, change the way, change our ways. Um, was there enough in there for you in terms of stuff about climate change? Uh, there was like some at the end, but I don't think there was enough because he didn't really introduce it when he was talking about the animals and how it affected them, like trying to catch the food or trying to like, like reproduce. It only like he only did it for certain animals who were really being affected. I didn't show like animals that maybe who weren't affected as much, but could lead to like disaster. I mean, the only one where he really talked about climate change is in the episode called Humans, where it talks about how we're affecting the climate and how we could be killing all the animals. And despite the fact that it politically wasn't as strong as it might be for you, did you still enjoy it? Uh, yeah, it was like really good and I learnt about like some animals I didn't even know about. That's good. That's good to hear. Saren, um, was there a particular episode that you saw and, and or is there a favourite episode that you had? Yeah, so I saw episode one, which was all about volcanoes and episode two, which was all about the sun. And I noticed like that the technology used in in the documentary and in also all the other na nature documentary he has, he has done, it's incredible and you would never get anything like that about 10 years back. Mm. Yeah, I guess the technology has moved forward since he started making programmes and he actually started back in the 40s and 50s, didn't he? So very different then. But Ellie, is there one particular th thing that you saw that has really imprinted itself on your mind from the program yeah so i think it was kind of the music and the overall enrichment that you get from this from this series and i think because the music especially especially like the opening opening scene it really kind of grabs your attention and you, you don't want to look away and also um i watched also the second episode which was about the sun and I also found that at the end they showed us a behind the scenes. And what I found really interesting about this was the was kind of the harsh kind of conditions, but in but in real life, not through lens of a camera. Well, through a lens of a camera, but through the eyes of people actually filming it. And it really added a new dimension to to the episode. Um, would you like to work on something like that? Uh, yes, I Sorry, would. Sorry, Sam. It, it, Go on, Eddie. It, it would really be interesting. No, so, Sam, yeah, you, you, you didn't see the programme either. You're in the same boat as me, yeah. Have you got, yeah, got any questions for our viewers? Um, it's Well, I mean, it's not really to do with just one specific episode, but obviously uh, Johan said that he was in with like the whole climate change thing, but I'm not sure about any of the rest of you. My question is, after watching the episodes, after watching the documentary, um, do you feel like encouraged to maybe help a little bit more about uh climate change or anything like that you know trying to help save these animals um yeah i think it's made me more conscious and more like, aware of what's happening so i think um 
I'm going to look at ways and how to change and be more uh, careful with stuff like recycling, um, reducing carbon footprint and, and stuff like that because it is really important and even though um, I'm young, I can still, I still believe that I can still make, create a good impact on the world. Yeah, and right. also, Ellie, did you, yeah, go on. Yeah, and also, um, I found really interesting because you realise that we're so involved with the animals' lives. Like, if you think about the things we do affect them, and it really, it really shows you I think I think we lost Ellie there, but that's that's great. I thank you so much, all of you, for for pitching in and Sam for asking a very, uh, very important question. Really, what can we do? And and is this, will it, a uh, program like this and series like this inspire us to do something about our lives and what and look look at ways of, of changing what we do? So thanks all the foundation group for, for, for talking about that. We're going to be talking more about climate change in episodes further into the springtime because um, we're going to be doing a special project in climate change, particularly in this city that we live in. So, um, Sam, over to you to introduce the next item. Uh, thank you, Peter. So on Wednesdays, uh, the Next Generation Broadcasting Group meet and I'm part of uh, the Next Generation Broadcasting Group. Uh, this week, uh, we had a great interview with a wonderful dancer from the Northern Ballet. He came over from South Africa. He's called Melindy Kalashe, and we had a great conversation about him, about uh, how he got into the industry and also about how like stories uh, shape our lives. So I think we're going to hear some of that now. So we are back on Red Kite. Uh, this is the Next Generation Broadcasting Group. I'm Sam Armitage, and I'm joined with Josh, Autumn, Harry, Tony, and our very special guest, Melindy. Hi, Melindy. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. You said you were a dancer. Uh, when did you start dancing? I started dancing at the age of 10 um, in the male development program that was offered by um, the company called Cape Town City Ballet back home in South Africa. Um, and the whole ethos behind the male development program is to introduce young boys from underprivileged backgrounds into the world of classical ballet. And that essentially was my intro introduction to, to the world, to the art form itself. But dancing is something that I, I, I grew up doing. It was something that's natural for me. I've always been doing. Uh, but to practice the discipline of classical ballet, I began learning that at the age of 10. So you said you started dancing in South Africa and you've done stuff over in England, you've told us too. Uh, how different is it? Like how different or how differently organized is it in South Africa compared to over in England? Um, I think dance is, is something that's deeply embedded in our culture. I'm from the Kosa clan in South Africa. And dance is something that is a part of our our culture, it's something that we, you know, when we are practicing rituals, when we are doing, we're performing ceremonies and giving thanks to our ancestors, that sort of stuff. Uh, dance, music, singing, poetry is all a part of that. So it, it, it's something that's very, it's kind of innate for us. You don't learn to dance, you just kind of grow dancing, you grow up dancing and it's so it's, it's very much a part of you. Um, but uh, if you talk about classical ballet itself, which is what I do, uh, I'm a, a professional classical ballet dancer. 
uh, ballet has been has been a part of the European culture. So here in the UK, it's been a part of your culture for much longer than it's been in, in, in our culture in South Africa. So for that reason, the standards will be different and we are kind of learning um, from, from the Europeans as time goes. But that, that's essentially the biggest difference. Do you ever get like nervous or did have you ever got nervous and you've had to learn to overcome? Sam, I get nervous all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time before i go on stage i i get super anxious um and that's something that i i i'm still kind of dealing with i think i think the main reason for me that i get nervous is because i care so much i want to go out there and and put the best performance for the people that are paying money to see me perform you know so i you know that means that i sort of I lose a little, little bit of myself in that process. You know, I get super anxious. I get super nervous before the stage. But once I hit the stage, when the music starts and I'm on stage, it's it, that those nerves turn into something else that I can't even describe myself. Because you know, when you're on stage, you can't even, you can't see, you you can't see anything because you're living the role. You are, you are very much present, and you you are doing your job to the best of your ability. And I think adrenaline does that as well. But yeah, I, I, I get nervous all the time. I wish I didn't. I wish, you know, I always kind of I'm envious of people that are able to perform or speak in front of a crowd with, without being nervous at all. I, I wish I could do that. But uh, no, I, I, I get nervous. Um, there's a lot of similarities between what I do and what you do. Essentially, we are storytellers. You know that that's that's what you 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 do drama at school. I'm, I, I, you want to be an actor, you tell a story. I'm a dancer, I tell stories, but I just use my body to tell the stories. I don't speak, I don't use the voice. I use my body and expression and my face and movement qualities and that kind of thing to tell to to, to be able to tell a story. Um. Okay. So you said I use I use my voice, you use the body. Uh, have you ever thought of uh, doing like broadcasting or acting or anything like that? Yeah, like um, yeah, though that that's my that, that that's my dream. That's what I always wanted to do um, before I became a dancer. Um, so when I was in South Africa, I actually stopped dancing at the age of seventeen, and I went to uh, Johannesburg. It's another city in South Africa to study. Um, dramatic arts, film and media. And my plan at the time was to be a, a TV presenter. I wanted to be on television. Yeah, that's um, the same with me, that, is that? Sorry? That's my end goal as well. That's where I was. Really? Oh, wow. Look, we have, we have a, lot, a lot in common. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be a TV presenter. Um, you know, I used to watch TV a lot when I was back home. And there were a lot of people that I would see in TV and I would sort of like aspire to be like them and I could imagine myself doing that, you know? I, I'm sure that's that's what you feel, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who, who, who do you look at? Who's your sort of- um, I think, have you, have you heard of Stephen Mulhern? Of course. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I know like he started his career at, uh, at like a, a, a holiday resort. He started at Butlins and that's something that I'm, you know, interested in doing. Oh, amazing, you know, he, amazing. Yeah, so I also had, like, uh, his name is Aaron Moloisi. He's South African. He's super tall, elegant, and charming. And he can speak, like, more than five languages. And his ability to be, to just stand in front of the camera and speak and be so engaging was absolutely amazing. And so I kind of imagined, my, I imagined that I would be 
like, like him. So yeah, broadcast is definitely, that was my first passion, TV presenting and acting. Um, but like I said, um, my journey led me elsewhere. I now became a classical ballet dancer, which is, I'm super proud of what I've done. I absolutely love my job. And I, I think I'm very lucky. It's, it's quite a prestigious art form and, and um, it's a cutthroat industry. Not everyone is able to make it. So to be in one of the mainstream ballet companies in the world and also be a leading dancer in that organization is absolutely fantastic. Um, so I'm very happy. <laughs> I think we have a special announcement that maybe Harry's gonna do. Uh, just came through. Flash alert news, yes, ELFM news update. Um, I think it's six o'clock and something is happening. And Harry, do you want to come in and just explain briefly to the listeners what it is? Just announcement. happened. It's six oh one. And I'm Harry Ward, by the way. And the clap for Captain Sir Tom Moore, who sadly passed away yesterday with coronavirus, a national hero. Of course, raising all that one money for the NHS and inspiration to us all. The clap for him has just, I believe, ended. It is 6.01pm here now. Thank you, thank you, Harry, for that that breaking bit of news. This will be coming out on Friday evening, but we're capturing that moment in history. Now, it is, and it is definitely a moment in this this strange year we've been living through, and at least it's something something to celebrate his life and what he did. So thank you. We're going to ask... Melody to share a bit of music, but uh, first, thanks for, for joining us. So uh, it's a traditional thing at the end of every interview we do. We ask our uh, interviewee uh, what piece of music they want to uh, sh- uh, play on the show after the interview finishes. So oh, I feel honored. <laughs> first of all, I just want to say thank you guys so much. It's so lovely to meet you, even though it's virtual, but it's so lovely to, I'm so inspired by what you guys are doing and it's really great. Harry, Sam, Autumn, everyone. Um, so the track that I'm going to share with you, because obviously this is very last minute, I wasn't prepared for this. So I just simply went onto my Spotify and I selected the last track that I've been listening to and it's called Corner and it's by Mafiki Zolo. It's really, really, really fun track. Uh, it makes me just want to, just want to dance really. So I hope you feel exactly the same way.
I'm Ashton, and uh, I'm the Youth Music Show by Red Cat Radio. And we have Tony on today. Hey, Ashton, how are you doing? I'm good, Tony. How are you? Great. So you're part of the the Next Gen Music Group, who meet up every week on Thursdays usually. And I think the, the group you just got back together again last night for the first time, right? In since since Christmas. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, how is so just in general? What does the music group tend to do? What kinds of projects have you been doing? And what are you what are you working on personally, music wise? Like we tend to do like interviews or like kind of do like projects like together and kind of review them all together. Um, and personally, like I did some digital music before. And then, like, yeah, we just kind of we did a, a musicathon before we broke up for Christmas as well. Ah, that's right. Yeah, and what and how did you get into digital music? Was that something that uh, you kind of found on your own, or did it come through things like this? Um, my dad actually introduced it to me. He like I had well, he he bought an iMac and like he showed me some stuff on like some programs and stuff like that, and I quite enjoyed it. And yeah. Yeah, uh, great. Because I know that you've, we've, I think we've, we've played some of your music pieces in some of the earlier shows uh, in the last year or so. Is there anybody that you've been listening to lately, kind of that's been inspiring you when it comes to, to the, your your composition work? Um, I've been listening to Dead Boy and the Elephant Men. I, I really quite like them at the moment. Oh, great. Say it again. Dead Dead Boy and the Elephant Men. Yeah. I like the title. Okay, I'm gonna go look. I'm gonna go check them out. And so, anybody else out there listening? Dead Boy and the Elephant Men as a music recommendation. So, and last night you, the music group met up with Stanley and Martin, who are a couple of music students at Leeds College of Music who are going to be working with the group later in the spring. Uh, Sean Ashby, who's our, our music worker here at Chapel FM, is your, your main point of contact. But she brought Stanley and Martin in, and uh, we're going to hear their conversation in a bit. But first of all, how, how were they, and, and what did you all talk about last night? Um, we kind of like talked about how like they found it there, like you know like where they go, and it was it was quite interesting to be honest. And have you have you spent time at the College of Music yourself? No, no. Okay, so good. So it was just kind of like a new insight into that that world. Yeah. Was yeah. there anything as listeners get ready to hear their uh, the interview with them, and then they have some really interesting music selections that they they offered? But was there anything that really kind of jumped out at you or that surprised you about how they described life at the the conservatoire it's now called um not really but it was just quite interesting to like talk to them about it and like see like a different point of view like talk about things that you know you didn't really not really tend to talk about as much yeah no that was the great thing and and i have to say the music group i, I joined last night the just the questions in general which listeners will hear in a bit i think it does kind of cut through the 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 surface into the depths of what it's really like to be just trying to make a career as a musician and it was interesting because stanley and martin one of them is is younger in his 20s and one is a a more mature student who's gone back after you know 20 some years of working so they had really slightly different takes on things too um so last oh go ahead it was like quite interesting to hear like kind of two two sides of kind of similar stories as well you know like obviously they got their own kind of where that they do, you know, they go about it and that lot, and it was uh, it was interesting to hear how they uh, they got on with it. Totally, and it's going to be great having them with the group later on in the spring. So before we hear this last, in terms of what what you've got ahead of yourself, are there any music projects that you've you've got in mind? Things that you want to try to do over the next few months in your own music work? 
um like i try i'd quite like to try try um do like different kind of styles of music mm-hmm. like kind of expand how i would normally do it like i'd quite like to do like some jazz and i don't know maybe try some different ones like rather than that oh excellent well it seems like having stanley and martin in addition to sean around will be will be good for making those experiments trying some new things so yeah so do you want to so here we are with stanley and martin talking to the next gen music group led by sean and uh, talking about what it's like to go to the college of music or the conservatoire as it's called now here it is hi welcome to red kite radio um youth radio show i'm ashton and we have martin and stanley here today hey hi guys hello um hiya um can you tell us a bit about yourselves uh, hi, uh, my name is Martin. I'm a maturish student uh, studying electronic music production primarily, uh, doing my third year in uh, production as well, with a view to hopefully going to youth work or teaching potentially. Um, my specialist sounds are anything soulful, really. I'm a, I'm a soul boy. Beautiful. Um, my name's Stanley. I'm also in my third year of music production at uh, the Leeds Conservatoire. Um, outside of the conservatoire, I teach uh, instrumental lessons. So I teach guitar, bass, uh, ukulele, and songwriting. Um, and also, I produce a lot of my own music. I also produce films and TV. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's about the size of it. All right. Uh, yeah, that was really interesting. Uh, uh, just wondering, what made you get into the music background and what sort of got you to where you are now? Um, so for myself, my parents um, listened to a lot of dance music when I was a child, a lot of disco, soul, samba, as well as like electronic dance music, like house and techno and garage. And so I always grew up with a lot of like just dance in my house. My parents don't play any instruments, but I always as a kid just would gravitate towards the speakers and would always want to pick what was on in the car when we were driving. And then eventually when I got a little bit older, when I was about 11, 10 or 11, I got my first guitar and then ever since then I haven't put them down. I've just been doing music the whole time. And in the last couple of years, I've got really into art and film and television and also fashion as well. And so I do a lot of that alongside the music because they're kind of, they're transferable skills. If you're good at playing an instrument, you you might also be really good at making a film or, or making a fashion or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, myself, I got into DJing in my um, early to mid Mid to late teens, uh, started collecting records at a very young age, just through my older brother being a, a DJ at the local youth club. And uh, I've stuck with it ever since, and I'm 45 now. It's a lot of years to DJ. Yeah. <laughs> How do you find that being at the Leeds Conservatoire as a more mature student? Are there other people your age there? or? Um, it's been, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's been a bit of a shock because uh, my first year was uh, a real shock for me. So yeah, it took me quite a while to grasp it, if I'm honest, because um, I'm also a plasterer by trade, but I'm trying to get out of the building industry because I prefer to be around young creative minds. What's the kind of process like getting into the Leeds Conservatoire then? Is it is it a rigorous test to get in? What do you have to go through to actually get on, on one of the courses there? Um, you have to have like, at least in my circumstance, you had to have certain kind of qualifications beforehand to be considered for the course. If you're looking to do an instrumental, um, 
what's the word degree so say you wanted to learn jazz or pop music or something where you're using your instrument you'd have an audition so they'd audition you to check how good at your instrument you are and to see if you're at a level they believe you'd you'd be okay starting with them or in the case of me and martin or at least me pretty much nothing because you're a production student so all i had to do is have kind of enough or the words like UCAS points if we're getting into the boring terms but i didn't i had no audition um yeah, yeah. i don't know if it's different for you but I, um, no audition. I had to submit uh music i'd previously produced mm. um you have to yeah. do like a portfolio so you'd have to do a portfolio of your productions as opposed to doing an audition where you show off your skills in person for us we had to do like a portfolio of uh, productions we already had again just to kind of suss out if you're at the level to start or if you know or if you might be a bit behind that or whatever but also yes to do you cast points as well unfortunately so you have to have a certain amount of gcse's or a levels or b techs and stuff yeah, like that you need an a level or a b tech in music to get an entry level from mm -hmm. um from school and college yeah does anybody jan luigi would you like to ask a question about maybe some kind of how they do the digital music and um, um, you know what elements they might use for yeah example? so um when you when you're doing your digital music um is there anything in particular that you like to do is there any particular genre that you're mostly interested in um so yeah so for myself um i'm really into rap so i produced a lot of kind of hip-hop and rap music uh, also a bit of grime which i guess is the kind of uk equivalent of hip-hop and also i'm really into electronic dance music at the moment it's more of a recent thing actually i've always been really into listening to dance music and going to events and to raves and dancing in the last few months, I've bought a couple of bits of equipment with some money I've been making from my guitar lessons. And I've started to produce sort of dance music. And so I'm really into sort of um, slightly more obscure genres, but I'm really into a genre called footwork at the moment, um, which comes from Chicago and Detroit. And it's very much, it's kind of like similar ideas to dubstep. So it's using again something called syncopation, which actually I don't think we discussed earlier. The syncopation is the idea of rhythms that don't fall on the bar. So they're kind of they're quite awkward rhythms. Oh, yeah. You'd call it the offbeat, but footwork's about maybe like twice the speed of dubstep. So it's really, really fast. We're talking like 180 BPM. So like it's kind of like a drum and bass speed, but with the intricacies of like um, dubstep or something like that. So I've been producing. It's like drum and bass and dubstep mixed. Yeah, that's not a bad way of thinking about it. But also with a little bit of kind of like so the the word footwork comes from the idea you have two kick drums. So in most oh. music we listen to, you only have one kick drum, whereas in footwork, you have a low kick drum, and you also have like what you call a mid kick drum, and those rhythms, they're syncopated, oh, so yeah. they play off each other. So you get the really interesting kind of rhythms going on. Um, and it makes your feet move quite weirdly, hence footwork is kind of the name of it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm into at the moment, at least. How about yourself, Martin? Um, I, uh, I make everything from reggae through to techno, uh, but so long as it contains a, an element of soul, um, albeit synthetic soul because it's digital music. So I'm a, a, a big fan of uh, New York, Chicago and Detroit, hip hop, house and techno and garage. Um, you were on about the, the college, um, Martin, and you, were, you said a bit as well, Sean. Um, what's that like there? Um, for myself, it's been a bit of a shock as I'm a lot older than my peers, but I've really enjoyed it because I'm hoping to work with uh, people of a similar age. Um, I can't speak for Stanley, but most of my peers seem really enamoured and immersed in the course on the, the institution. 
Yeah, it's, it's really fun, Ashton. Um, so obviously at the moment, because of the lockdown, we're not really in as much. Actually, this is the first time I've been in the building for about maybe a month and a half or something. But previously, um, there's loads of studios. And that's kind of my big thing at the moment is studios. So huge desks, loads of speakers, microphones, drum kits. Every, drum machines. Yeah, every instrument you could imagine. Um, so I'm really into that. And that was a big reason I came here. There's a lot of universities because they're not music specialist universities. They maybe have one or two studios for the production students to use. Whereas because it specializes in music, there's loads of them. Like, I don't know what the exact number is, but at least by between 20 and 30 studios would be a pretty reasonable guess. Something like that, like 20 maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's really fun. And actually you meet a lot of very like-minded individuals and I've ended up living with some of them. And that's made us form bands, do different projects together, put on events and all that kind of stuff. Also, I'm sure, as you know, Leeds has a very rich kind of culture in terms of its music and its arts. And so a lot of very interesting venues and interesting artists all kind of uh, originate. Um, if you wouldn't mind me asking, um, where, like, what is your, like, big goal at the moment? Hoping to get to a, a level of professionalism with my own musical works so that I can ultimately show young learners such as yourself how to get a foot on the ladder. Um, so currently, I think I told you guys earlier, but I teach music sort of part-time. So I've got, like, a roster of about 20 students at the moment. So initially, I'd like to kind of take that into like full time and kind of gather maybe 30 students and kind of use that to live off. But ultimately, I really want to make albums. I want to make films. I want to make TV shows. I want to put on fashion shows. I want to put on theater. I want to tour in a band and go tour Europe and tour America. He's hungrier than me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have very big aspirations as a person. And sometimes that can be kind of annoying because like I always look ahead quite a lot. But um, I have huge aspirations. So pretty much anything you could think of, I'd quite like to try at some point in my life, essentially. And it's happening. Like, I'm, I'm very much, I'm one of those people who very much, like, once they set their mind on something, it will happen. <laughs> I don't let it not happen. I'll work and work and work until it does, you know? Yeah, like, you've uh, you've got, like, a good plan for, uh, for what you want. Definitely, definitely. And then also what's cool about life, and then you guys will realise this as you get a bit older, is you discover things all the time. So right now you might have an idea of what you'd like to achieve in your life, but then you'll achieve it and you'll think of a whole nother set of things you want to achieve too. And that's what's so beautiful about life is even when you're 45 or 50 or something, you still have aspirations that are huge. You just don't lose that. And that's you can just chase those forever. And that's what's so beautiful about things like that. Music keeps you young, fortunately. Yeah, and art and all art. You know what I mean? You're, it's, that's what's so beautiful about it. Is it like in terms of if you were like an athlete, you get to an age where you can't, your body doesn't work that well anymore. Or, or there's like certain jobs like that where it's very age dependent. Whereas creativity, that, that only stops when you die. And you can push that for as long as you want. And, and you can discover so much. And it's also a great way to express yourself. I used to be quite shy as a child. And it's a really great way to express yourself through art. And also to meet friends and meet the people you end up, you know, loving and having really good times with and stuff. All, at least in my experience in life, has all come from the creative endeavors I've pushed myself to do. Yeah. Yeah, like your, your mind would go on adventures just by itself and you kind of write that in your music. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Totally. And it gives you so much more confidence, by the way. Like when I was your guy's age, if somebody had told me that I'd be talking to a whole class of people right now or that I'd be teaching guitar or something, I'd have been like, nah, because I didn't like to speak. I was very, very shy. I like to keep myself to myself. Whereas through music and through art, it's opened up a whole world to me that I didn't think was possible. So, I, yeah, I couldn't recommend it more. And you guys will know that anyway, but I'd just like to stress that point because, like, 
I don't know, the horizon is as big as you want it to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look forward to things like that, especially in a time where there's not much going for us right now because we are locked down and there aren't places to go out to and you can't see your friends as much. So you use that time wisely for creativity. Yeah, definitely. That, that's the only thing you can do right now, really, is just be creative and, like, find ways of, sort of feeding your soul, you know? If you can't leave it, yeah. your premises physically, leave it through Free your up, yeah. imagination. Well said, man. Really well said. Yeah. It's, uh, it's better to be creative than to not do anything at all, I guess. Totally. To be honest, like, my, my prolificness, like, those things I listed, that comes from that feeling of, like, if I'm sat there bored and feeling quite idle... I find it quite hard to value myself. Whereas when I'm doing stuff and I'm in the heat of the moment and I'm thinking of ideas or I'm making something or, or I'm working with somebody else on something or doing something like we're doing right now, they're the moments where I revalue myself and like have the confidence and have the kind of the self-esteem, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can't do that when I'm on my own and I'm bored. It doesn't really come to me very easily. Thank you guys yeah. for such amazing, motivational, inspirational <laughs> words there. I mean, I think that's just fantastic. And we all need a little bit of that in these times, don't we? A little bit of a kind of, yeah, you can do it. And I know we're in lockdown, but, you know, take the positives where you can and get some music made and, and use the time wisely like that. So thank you, Martin and Stanley, for joining us. Um, what we like to do with our guests is give you you the chance to play a song that you would like. Um, so if you'd like to choose a song that you might be inspired by, something that you've heard recently or anything of your choice, have you got anything that you would like us to play? Um, I've got, uh, since we're in an inspirational mood, uh, it's, it's an old song and it's a bit of a favourite, but lyrically it's really empowering and musically it's really, uh, it's, well, it's got a lot of energy. So this track is by Ray and Christian. So it's Ray and Christian featuring Viva and it's called Spellbound. So yeah, real quick, mine, um, unfortunately at the start of the this week, um, an artist I'm really inspired by and I've only really got into in the last two months, um, unfortunately died. Um, somebody called Sophie, um, really avant-garde pop producer. Um, so I'm going to put one of their songs in. It's a bit of a tribute to her, and also like she was, she was very much the future of the way pop and dance music was was kind of going to go. And it's such a shame that that has been cut short, and that her visions won't really get to be realised. And so I'd, I like to think that through being influenced by her and through listening to her music a lot and trying to make sure other people listen to it that that vision can be seen out through other people even if it can't be done by her anymore so i'm going to put one of the sophie songs in there um and it's an absolute banger yeah. so thank you guys for joining us it's been really really interesting oh, thank you for having us my face is the front of shop my face is the real shop front my shop is the face I front. I'm real when I shop my face.
front of shop. My face is the real shop front. My shop is the face I have front, front. I'm real, I shop my face. That was the song Face Shopping by Sophie, chosen by Stanley, uh, who just joined the Next Gen Musicians here at East Leeds FM. And Sophie, sadly, unfortunately, died at the beginning of the week uh, in Greece, I believe, climbing up a building to see the full moon. And I think what Stanley said about Sophie's work being uh, pointing the way forward. So Ashton, uh, Sam, had you heard that song or Sophie before? And if not, what did you, th what did you think of, of that music? Um, well, I've never heard of uh, before this week, before today, in fact. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, no offense to people that do like that kind of music. It's not for me. Yeah. Uh, it's very very in your face. But yeah, it's not it's not what I like. If I'm honest with you. Ashton, what did you think? Is it went through some strange transformations? Ashton, how, any any thoughts from you listening to it as a musician? Um, like I hadn't heard it before either, but like I, I quite enjoyed it. I'll be curious to find out more. Well, anyway, that was one thing you can always count on here at East Leeds FM. Any show like Red Kite, you'll always hear 
hear and discover something new, or in this case, I think a lot of new things. So we've been talking about Perfect Planet. We heard from dancer Melindy Kalashi. We heard from broadcaster Verity Watts. And we're getting ready to head off, but uh, so many new things going on, including a brand new podcast created by Sam, Sam Armitage here. So do you want to tell us about the podcast that just launched recently? Yeah, sure. That'd be great. So, I mean, I've always wanted to... um get myself out there a little bit more um i did i you know doing stuff with chapel is always great but i wanted to do something on my own and uh so i've always wanted to create a podcast and i just thought why not do one on basketball um so i know what you're thinking you know you might not like basketball but still still uh drop a subscribe on the youtube follow it on spotify it's called uh beyond the arc um if you want to follow the instagram it's uh the official bta podcast twitter's byta podcast uh and you know i just talk about uh, my opinions on basketball. Uh, my first episode came out the other day, so uh, give that a listen, please. And I have to say, I used to follow basketball a lot growing up in Chicago. I don't know. Some, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. There you go. No, yeah. I was just going to yeah. say, uh, Sam, yeah, just, I don't know if you were aware, but uh, Charlotte Carrick, who's our centre manager, was, ah, uh, yeah. has been a big basketball champion in her time, so maybe you should talk to her. She's been very, very competitive with uh, basketball over her young years she's only about mid-20s now but she's played for all sorts of fantastic teams no good suggestion peter she played she actually played semi-professional basketball so we'll connect up because one of the great things at chapel fn and if you're listening and you want to get involved by the way what you were just hearing the next gen music group the next gen broadcasting the foundation group the writers adults young people all ages there's loads of ways to get involved so just check out chapel fm .co.uk. Um, and definitely Sam's podcast, Beyond the Arc, I was going to say, um, the first episode is a pretty fantastic, whether you're a basketball fan or not, it's a good introduction to what's happening in basketball. And you, and you go through the breakout player on every one of the 30 teams and why, which is yes. incredible research. And uh, it flows beautifully and well-hosted. So yeah, congratulations. How does it thank feel you. to have a, have a new podcast? Oh, it's, yeah, I was... One of the scariest things I think I've ever done, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but mm. um, yeah, once it, once it was out and, you know, to actually get, you know, 100 views on the YouTube channel isn't exactly, you know, isn't groundbreaking, but it's like 100 more than what I thought I'd get. So, yeah, you know. and it's just getting started. So, no, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So, Peter, what else do we have coming up around East, on East Leeds FM or Chapel FM in the next days and weeks? Anything you want to share? Well, on Tuesday evening, uh, we have um, The Deli, which is our magazine program, comedy, uh, poetry, music. And it's on the theme of noise. And in fact, we're playing the Sophie track that you heard this evening, which I really like, incidentally. I think it's extraordinary. But I think, um, and I didn't know anything about Sophie till this week. This is the problem sometimes when people die, suddenly they're brought to your notice when they're exploring some of her work. But um, yeah, so it's, it's on the theme of noise. We'll follow it next month with silence. And then uh, we've also got uh, Love the Words on Tuesday evening at 5.30, which features the regular found fiction podcast, which we do every month, plus some other fascinating interview so and i'm running the uh the, the adult writing group which has just started uh on the wednesday we've got uh, next gen foundation we've got um 
the associate writers as well who meet virtually, uh, young writers between the ages of about 18 and 30. So a busy week ahead and looking forward to it. And stick around at East FM tonight in just under an hour. We will be having Welly's Nerdy News. So Elliot Moon and Michael Pollack will be uh, sharing the latest in the gaming world. So stick around for that coming up. Or you can always go back and listen to any of the ELFM shows later on demand. And then next Friday, a week from tonight, we have Quiz Night. Quiz Night is back. It's going to be all virtual, digital, but you can enter, join a team, and be part of the Chapel FM online quiz and some special, very special homemade prize prizes for the winning quiz group next Friday. So information on that also on the Chapel FM website, chapelfm.co.uk. So Sam, Ashton, Peter, thanks for joining the show today. And I guess a shout out to the other participants earlier. We had, uh, who we were joined by? We were joined by Ellie Sarin, George, and Johan earlier in the day, and Elliot running tech for us. So any last comments before we head off into our final piece of music for anybody? Subscribe to Beyond the Ark. <laughs> Beyond the Ark, subscribe, subscribe. All right. Been a lovely show. Thanks for everybody taking part. Yeah, well done, Ashton. Sam. And now we're going to hear the song Spellbound by Ray and Christian, chosen by Martin, who we heard earlier in the last interview. Here it is. What you do? 